0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up I'm joined by Sam Tizzle. Sam, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, I hope all is well. Couldn't
1: be better, mate. I mean, we're top of the league. Everyone's chasing us. I think it's a sign of the times. I think
0: it's a sign of what's going to be happening in the future. So, yeah, I'm a very happy man today. He's bullish. I like it. And also, last but certainly not least, is Jamie Brown. Jamie, how are you feeling after Harry Kane's departure from Spurs?
2: yeah well firstly obviously i'm back in the country now so i'm a little bit disappointed I'm, I'm not filming from quite a nice location obviously he was in barcelona last week um and obviously last week we were speaking about harry kane it was it was the first thing we we said in the start of the show um i was speaking about him as if he was going to stay and then of course everything unfolded and uh he's very quickly become a Bayern munich player obviously already pulled on the shirt um already missed out on a trophy which um i was i was sad to say i would have loved to have seen him kind of you know harry kane still means a lot to me you know he's done so much for for my football club so i would love to have seen him win that game obviously he did lose that that match though Um, so yeah it's obviously very disappointed to see him go but look i am still excited for this new era at spurs i think spurs have got the perfect manager in Ange postacoglu Um, And I'm just really excited for this new project and uh, yeah, lots of changes at Spurs and going to be a really interesting season from a Spurs perspective. But uh, yeah, obviously more Premier League action to talk about and uh, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. Right. That's all the intros out of the way. So let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with FreeBets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's take a very quick look at the European Super Cup, a Sevilla take on Manchester City this evening, that being Wednesday night. So, Sam, the Etihad outfit have already lost one curtain raising competition. Will they also slip up on the European stage? I can't see them slipping up tonight. I mean,. To be fair, I think they were lucky
1: uh, in the Community Shield of What I mean, the amount of added on time that was given there. I think Pep was a little bit upset. I don't think he said too much about it, but I think back in the back of his mind, I think him and the players have actually been a little bit upset with the amount of time that was added on to that game. It did seem to go on a lot longer than it needed to go on. So they weren't far off winning a trophy there. And I think they'll want to make amends here uh, and actually start off with a bit of silverware because, let's be honest, it's, you don't want to get into the habit of losing these sort of big games. So I think Pep will have it all rectified
0: today and I can't
1: see past a City win, to be honest.
0: Well, it's a City team which is going to be without Kevin De Bruyne for at least four months. So there's obviously a lot of talent within that team. Can they absorb that loss in midweek? Who knows? But Jamie, if you're looking at this game from a result and over-under goals combination, what is your outcome that takes your fancy?
2: Yeah, look, firstly, I do agree with with a Man City win. I think they will eventually come out on top. But I do think it's going to be a case of where Severe are going to make it tricky for them to kind of break them down. Um, and of course, as you mentioned there, Dan, losing Kevin De Bruyne, almost that lock picker. Um, I think that that's going to make it even harder for them tonight. So, um, hit, you know, that's a big blow for them. Um, and of course, you know, City squad now, they have let a few players go again. Um, uh, you know, again, De Bruyne, another injury that they've, they've lost another player there. So their squad's slightly... Thinner than we usually expect from a Manchester City uh, squad. Of course, still very strong, but um, so I, th- I think it will be a case where they don't go kind of all guns blazing in this one. So I think it will be kind of a tight Manchester City win uh, under two point five goals is a six to five, and uh, if you combine that with a Manchester City win, you get thirteen to five. And so uh, yeah, under two point five goals and a Man City win is uh, is my pick here.
0: Yeah, it's a really solid shout. I mean, last week we spoke about the outright market, that being the winner of the Premier League. We discussed those odds. That's not priced in with De Bruyne's injury, so it's obviously too early to tell what effect, if any, that will have. But for those who were looking at Arsenal last week, that value may very quickly erode if they get the lead on City. But we all know what happened last season. So watch this space. We certainly will. But now we're going to hot-foot it to the second week of the Premier League season. And we're going to start with another round of Friday Night Football as Nottingham Forest play host to Sheffield United. So Sam, both teams lost in the opening weekend, but are you backing the host to come out on top at 17-20? to 20? Yeah, I don't think either
1: team in this game had the best opening weekend, if we're honest with you. A bit of a lack of ambition from both sides. Now, obviously, Forrest kind of got themselves back into the game. But for long periods of that game, they were second best of everything. I think Arsenal have something like 80%, 85% possession that match. So it's going to be a long season for both of these sides. I think with the home advantage here, I think, yeah, I think Forrest have to be the favourites. And I think 70-20 is actually not the worst price, to be honest with you. But I do think they're going to be Wanted to keep hold of Brennan Johnson. Obviously, he's been leaked with a move out West Ham. Seems to be potential suitors there. Uh, I think Anthony Langer is a decent signing for them, though. But, yeah, if they could keep hold of Brennan Johnson and have him alongside Anthony Long- uh, Langer, I think that could stand him in good stead to just about avoid relegation.
0: Well, Jamie, he could be a name in terms of the any time goal to market. It. It's always a good place to start any betting weekend. What player is going on your betting slip when the two meet at the city ground?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. And for me, there's actually a pretty clear pick. And I'm going to go for Taiwo Wani. Um, He's definitely the pick here for me. He's 21 to 10 to score any time. Um, He netted on the weekend at the Emirates and uh, kind of always looked Forrest's biggest threat biggest attacking threat here. And uh, I think it's quite interesting to note as well, He's, he's been on a really good run of form. Um, ended the season really well. You know, he scored seven, uh, seven goals in his last five Premier League appearances. So, so really kind of strong form at the moment. Um, he scored six goals in in, four, in his last four games uh, to end last season. So he's in a really good run of form, as I said, netted on the weekend. And uh, I think he'll do the same again here. So uh, yeah, Taiwo Wani well, well, to score any time at 21 to 10.
0: So, Friday night is the warm up for another massive weekend of Premier League football, and let's dive straight into Manchester City versus Newcastle. Forget the European Super Cup, Sam. Is this something that the Magpies can get something from? Because are you going to be tempted to back the double chance at odds of 13 to 10?
1: You know, it's the game of the season, this one. Um, he's obviously in the top of the league now versus who's going to finish second, Manchester City. Uh, although, I think this one here. I don't think we're in for a tight game. I don't think we'll win this one, but do you know what? I've got to back my boys here. So yeah, I'll be taking them a double chance of 13 to 10. I think we'll give them a good go. Obviously, we saw, we saw we gave it a really good go against them last season. We nearly took the win. We were three-one up against them for long periods of the game, and obviously they clawed it back and uh, managed to get the three-all draw. So yeah, do you know what? I'll be taking it 13 to 10 double chance. Come on the Magpies.
0: Yeah, I like the logic there. But Jamie, the preferred route could be a City win and both teams getting on the score sheet. You can get that at nine to four. Is that something that takes your fancy?
2: Yeah, well, look, this this Saturday evening is going to be really exciting. Of course, you've got Spurs, Man United to start off with. And then, of course, this this massive game between Newcastle and, and Manchester City. So, yeah, really looking forward to this one. But um, in terms of both teams scoring, I do think that will happen. Um, look, Man City, I think they've got a tendency, although they are very strong defensively and they've always have a, a, a great record, they do seem to kind of leak goals at times. Uh, last season, they closed with just two clean sheets from the last 10 matches. Um, and of course, they face a Newcastle team here who have plenty of firepower. Uh, Alexander Rizak, we spoke about him on the last show and how good he's going to be this season. Um, obviously scored on the weekend as well. So uh, I think Newcastle have got more than enough to get on the score sheet. So uh, both teams score three to four. Uh, this would definitely be one that I'd put on my, on my betting slip.
0: Okay, Sam, let's take a look at the opening goal-scoring market now. Erling Haaland did the business against Burnley last weekend. He's 11-4 to four to break the deadlock on Saturday. Regardless of your allegiance, is that a bet that you are willing to make? Uh, so, yeah, I think it's obviously great. I think it is um, good value, to be honest with you. Haaland
1: at the Etihad, you know, he's, he's always on the score sheet. And generally, yeah, like you said, he's open the scoring. But I will be going... Um, Contradictory, I guess. If I've gone for the double chance, I have to give Newcastle a chance of getting something. I think if they're going to do it, they're probably going to have to strike first, because we know our city sort of grow into games sometimes as well. Uh, Their fitness levels and obviously their ability to bring players off the bench. So if I'm doing it, I'm going to go for Alexander Isak to score first at 11 to two. But I could definitely
0: see the logic in Haaland at 11 to four. Yeah, Isak's not a bad shout at all. And as you say, if you're going for the double chance, can you see? City scoring first and then Newcastle getting the result probably not so I think to make the game even more interesting if Newcastle get their noses in front it could be quids in as well but Jamie we've seen a lot of talk about officials in the opening weekend probably too much as usual but a penalty may not be the worst shout on Saturday night you can get City having one at 10-3 to Newcastle 7-1 to do you like the sound of either of those two options?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think this one's slightly tempting because I think on the weekend there's going to be a lot of pressure on VAR to get decisions right. So I think that there'll be a lot more, check, you know, really checking decisions from VAR, sending the referee over to the monitors. They might be more slightly inclined to, to give challenges that that maybe, you know, on other occasions aren't given. Um, just because, you know, to have had such a massive decision get so wrong in that Andre Anana challenge. Um, I think there's going to be big scrutiny on them. So, I think they're going to be really checking. So, maybe in a big televised game like this, I think this this could be one where we do see maybe a penalty given. Obviously, for Newcastle being the wayside, but at the Etihad, I think it's going to be maybe that... that that I wouldn't go in that direction, but maybe a Man City penalty I would, would kind of have. I think it would be a bit of fun. Ten to three, I think that that would be an interesting one to keep an eye on.
0: Well, that's one of two massive games on Saturday night. The first one of those is at... Tottenham's new stadium, of course, is Tottenham playing host to Manchester United, and that gives us another reason to go bet building. We're going to look to construct another winner, and Sam, you're up 1st like an anytime time goalscorer from you, please. So,
1: he was a provider last weekend. Uh, the new signing, a new vice-captain at Spurs, James Madison, I've been looking at. First um, into five, I think he had a really good opening weekend. I think this time round, you might even see him on the score sheet. I think we saw Tottenham get a lot of set-pieces Last week, I think maybe he'll pop up with a set-piece. I looked at it. Obviously, Manchester United last week, hugely disappointing. Marcus Rashford didn't get into the game at all. Uh, And I think that was obviously... It was just very detrimental to Manchester United. I think uh, Spurs have got a good chance of getting something out of United. And I think if anyone's going to be on the score sheet, I think it it could be Madison to be honest with you. I can see maybe a penalty or a free-kick... at the edge of the area, and I think Madison will be the ones taking it. So, yeah, thirty to 5 Yeah, I can picture that. Jamie, like the over-under
0: on the goals, please.
2: Yeah, look, I I think it's definitely got to be over over 2.5 goals here. I think we we saw on the weekend from Spurs everything that we were expecting, uh, a very attacking Spurs team, but also one that was maybe vulnerable at the back. Um, So, this could obviously give United's forwards maybe a bit more joy, of course, against Wolves, playing a very compact team who, who were very difficult to break down. I think against Spurs, they'll have a lot more, lot more space in behind. That might suit a player like Marcus Rashford and obviously a guy like Bruno Fernandes kind of supplying him. So I think United have a good chance of, of certainly getting on the score sheet here. But look, I think Spurs as well. You know, uh, We mentioned there about uh, James Madison. He's a guy who's obviously can get on the score sheet. Richarlison, uh Shummin Son, Kulisevsky. So plenty of kind of attacking threat from both teams. And uh, I think that's why we'll see... You know, both teams scoring and uh, over 2.5 goals. So, yes, over 2.5 goals in my pick.
0: Okay, then I'm going to lean into that then because I'm going to go with a draw on Saturday evening. Spurs obviously have the home advantage and are certainly going to look to support Big Ange in his first game at the stadium, that being the crowd, of course. And that could be a decisive factor in the encounter or at, at least it's certainly going to help Spurs' cause. So... I think with Jamie going over 2.5 goals, I think we're going to see an exact replica of last season's meeting in the capital when they played out a 2 draw in April. That was a, an evening where United threw away a two-goal lead. I'm not sure the flow of goals will be the same this time around, but I do see the same score. So I'm not going to be as bold enough to go for the two-all correct score. I'm going to step back and take the draw. I'm going to take that at 13-5, to five, and let's just recap our three picks now. Okay, then, just to recap our three picks, Sam has gone for James Madison to score at any time. Jamie's gone for over 2.5 total goals. I've gone for a draw on Saturday. That's odds of 16-1, to 1, which means £10 on the betting slip, £170 in your back pocket. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Sam, it was United who won the opening fixture, but were you more impressed with Tottenham after their draw at Brentford? Yeah, I think Manchester United were hugely disappointing last week.
1: Uh, obviously, we saw Spurs not doing too bad against um, against Brentford. I think not a bad start. and. I think it's what we expect to see now from Ange. I think that is it. He set his start straight away. We all expected a bit of attacking football, and we got that from him. To be fair, uh, obviously, still a little bit of work to be done on that defence. But obviously, they did lose Romero early doors as well. Uh, I think a long way to go for Manchester United in terms of they can't keep playing like that. And I think obviously they're gonna have to try and make amends here. And if, if, yeah, I think it could be a confidence booster if they get a result against Spurs this weekend.
0: Okay, and Jamie, Sam has mentioned James Madison. I want to get your take on the new signing at Spurs. So he had certainly an impact at Brentford on Sunday. How much of an impact do you expect him to have against Manchester United?
2: Yeah, really, really impressive performance. And he was one of a couple of players I was was really impressed with um, uh, in that opening game. Um, But yeah, obviously getting two assists. um, I think his delivery from that free kick for, for Christian Romero's opener was, it's going to be a big asset for Spurs this season. And he just kind of looked so, just so classy, and just someone that slotted in so quickly. Um, obviously, coming as almost a leader as well, being appointed vice captain. So, look, I think this was certainly one of the deals of the summer. Twenty-five million pounds. I think it's going to rise to around about thirty million. And when you look at some of the prices of uh, that players are going for this summer, I think this is a real steal. So, um, yeah, obviously, getting two assists as I said. A fantastic start and uh, yeah I really like the look of him getting involved on the weekend again here um, so yeah fantastic signing from Spurs and uh, looking forward to seeing more of him
0: okay Sam let's look at this game from a half-time full-time point of view how do you see it panning out in North London
1: yeah so I feel like you uh almost gifted me uh, one last week when you asked me the half-time full-time in Chelsea versus Liverpool obviously I got that one right I said half-time draw and full-time draw and it was that and it was 11-2 so Obviously on oh, good form there. So I've got to try and maintain that this week. What I'm gonna be going for here, I'm gonna be backing a draw as a full time result, but for the half time result, I think Spurs might just nick nick one in the first half and go into half time with an advantage. So looking at
0: that, eleven to one is the odds for that. So Spurs half time and a draw at full time eleven to one. That is a very tasty price. But Jamie, when you look at the overall outcome of the game, Do you reckon Spurs can land their first home win of the season, odds of 19 to 10? On the flip side, would you be concerned if it's only a draw and that's only two points from the first six on the table?
2: Well, look, well, firstly, I I think maybe this is the time to play Manchester United. I think they look a bit vulnerable at the moment, kind of sorting themselves out midfield. That's where maybe they are looking their weakest. Obviously, Casemiro, I know a lot of United fans weren't too keen on how he was during pre-season, he wasn't great against Wolves. There was times when they were just kind of cutting straight to the middle. I think it was Mateus Cunha was having so much joy just running through the middle of the park. So in the midfield, that they are looking pretty weak at the moment. But look, Spurs, of course, have their weaknesses too. I think defensively, um, playing a very high line. I think they're getting used to this new system under Ange Postecoglou. So... I think given the fact that there's concerns for both teams, I think that that's why it will end in a draw. Um, But look, I I don't think, you know, two draws would be the end of the world. Of course, they're two tricky fixtures, you know, to go to Brentford away, I think it's a tough game. Manchester United, I I think I mentioned on on the previous show, I think they're a side who are going to definitely be in that top four next season. They will get better over the course of the season. So draws against uh, Brentford away and and against Manchester United wouldn't be the worst in in the world. And look, for me, as a Spurs fan, I think it's just about kind of looking like we're heading in the right direction as the aim for this season. I've not got too many expectations as to where we'll finish. I just want to see a team that is 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 looking like an attacking team that's looking like it's going in the right direction. So, uh, yeah, not too concerned about results this season. And uh, look, I, I think if you'd have said two draws from against Man United and Brentford away, I think I think you probably would take it.
0: Yeah, I guess it all depends on how much you rate good football in front of your eyes versus actual results. And I guess that, as you say, Jamie, you're not expecting much in terms of overall results this season. So it almost gives everything a bit of a free hit. Now, if you are someone who is results dependent, you're saying, well, you know, we're not picking up points. That's where the issues can sort of come to play. But I feel that, you know, if we're going to stick with Ange and really back him, that you can't be sort of getting too panicky after two weeks if it is two from six. So, um, and ultimately, I think I've saw more better football and I guess that's a, a, subjective, a subjective term, sorry, in the first, what, 45 minutes on Sunday than I did in years under, what, Conte, Mourinho, etc, etc. So the signs are there, and hopefully we can get something positive at the weekend. But let's hopefully get something positive from our long-shot hacker, because we go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1. to one. So Sam, you're up first this week. What have you got for me?
1: So I managed to call it last week, obviously, chance Liverpool would be the draw. I think everyone in the country seems to have called that one. But it was very good odds at 14-5. to five. I'm going sticking with the draw market this week. It's another Premier League game, um, and it's going to be between Wolves and Brighton. I think Wolves were quite impressive against um, Manchester United on Monday night. Just the only thing that was missing was the goal. Uh, I've got a feeling they might sneak one here. I've, got a feeling, I've just got a feeling about a one-all draw, to be honest with you. Um, I think Brighton are going to have periods of the game where Wolves are going to actually really trouble them. Wolves aren't going to be afraid to go at it. Um, obviously Brighton as we know Caicedo's not there now there's going to be a little bit of adjusting to be done there with certain players as well I think but I still think they've got enough to give it a really good game obviously Brighton are going to have a good season still we've seen their squad depth, but I think this one here could see two teams that actually like to play a little bit of football in the middle of the park and quite evenly matched have a bit of creative edge to them but I ultimately think that I think it's going to be a low scoring game compared to what we saw last season with them but I think a one all draw is Where I'm looking at, but yeah, a draw in general, forty to uh, sorry, it's gonna be a draw in general, 27 to
0: 10 for me. Wolves and okay. Brighton, okay. Then, so Sam's off to You, Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve?
2: Yeah, I'm going to stick with Spurs and Man United. Again, we've just spoken about, uh, and we're going to go for, a, as I mentioned, a draw. And I like the look of both teams to score. Obviously, I kind of said about Spurs' defence and the weaknesses there. I think Spurs, though, they do have more than enough to kind of get at United. And obviously, a United team that were disappointing on Monday. So, uh, yeah, I think both teams are going to end up cancelling each other out. It's going to be a draw. Both teams to score at
0: uh, 10-3. to Well, it seems like we've got a bit of a theme this week because I'm also going to go for a draw, but I'm going to go to the Championship. It's Ewood Park as Blackburn take on Hull. With only two rounds of the Championship season in the history books. Both teams look like they're still settling in for the campaign. John Dole Thomason's men have beaten West Brom and drawn at Rotherham. Liam Rossini's men lost to Norwich on the opening day, then beat Sheffield Wednesday last weekend. So, you know, there's kind of positives there, but it's not quite clicking for either side. Both sides look to be in the playoff mix at the end of the season, and that usually means these kind of teams cancel each other out in occasions such as this and therefore I'm backing the stalemate at 12 to 5. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's focus on some more Premier League topics now and some London derbies. Three to be precise and first up we go to the west of the capital as Fulham play host to Brentford. Sam, can the Cottagers make it 2 from 2 with a home win odds of 8 to 5? Do you know what it is? we've just been
1: speaking about draws I've got this down for a draw again I look for a draw at 12-5 to 5. Uh, Brentford had the jo- joint most draws in the Premier League last season 14 that is alongside my boys Newcastle uh, Brentford's last three matches coming into this game have all ended in a draw as well the last four is through the size. we've seen two wins for Fulham and two wins for Brentford which for me tells you they're pretty evenly matched although we haven't seen a draw in them games I think we drew a draw so yeah I'm going to go
0: for a draw instead at 12-5 to down. OK, then, Jamie, Brian Mbomo was on hand to score against Spurs at the weekend. Could he be a good shot in the anytime scoring market or 9-4? to, nine to four?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think he's a guy who seems to really be thriving as, as the main man at Brentford. Um, he got six, he's got six goals, uh, six goal involvements um, in his last four Premier League appearances now. So he's in a really good run of form. Um, of course, he's a player who's on set pieces as well for Brentford. We, of course, saw him net from the penalty spot on the weekend. Um, and obviously a guy who's just looking very dangerous and, and, and coffin at the moment. So, um, yeah, look at nine to four. I think I think that's a very tempting price. So, yeah, def- definitely be looking to back him here.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you. I mean, Mitrich could be an option, but whether he goes to Saudi or not, I don't know. So whether he features... Possibly, possibly not. So your smarter money is probably on the Brentford forward. But let's go to East London next as West Ham host to Chelsea. Now, both teams were held in their opening weekend outing. Sam, if I was to offer you 5-2 to two for the same outcome on Sunday, would you be keen? Or do you feel there is a winner lurking somewhere? Yes, yeah, so for this one, I'm going to go for a Chelsea win.
1: Um, I think we saw enough in the second half to suggest that Chelsea can cause a lot of teams some issues this season. Obviously, they've made some serious adjustments to the squad now. That midfield, in particular, uh, with Kai Sido coming in, I think, looking at it last week, I mean, Chelsea fell down for me in their midfield last weekend. The first half in particular um, is where I thought Conor Gallagher was very much exposed. As much as he harks on about Enzo Fernandez having a great game, uh, great game last season, uh, sorry, last week, Jamie Carragher, I do think that um, the first half wasn't really involved too much, to be quite honest with you. I think Chelsea midfield was particularly poor. Second half, like I said, though, they've rectified it. Potts changed the system, or well, turned it around a bit. And they, they got massively into the game. And I think I see, though, coming as a direct replacement for Conor Gallagher is going to be huge for Chelsea. And I think that could see them really trouble teams this, uh, this time round, to be honest with you. Uh, but, to, but for me, yeah, I think Chelsea will come into this game now with a bit more confidence after
0: the way they've finished the game. And I think they're going to get the win. Now, Jamie, Chelsea were eventually the winners when it came to signing Moises Caicedo. What do you make of the £115 million price tag?
2: Yeah, look, I, I can't quite understand why he's, he's that expensive. I think he's a fantastic player and obviously got that Premier League experience. But look, he's only had kind of that one, you know, really good season. So for me, I, I think they are overpaying by quite a considerable amount. But look, they do really need a player like him. Um, I think that he is going to be kind of key to being in that midfield they look like they need that guys adding that bit of steel um adding like quality as well so yeah i'm i'm not too sure about this 150 million pound price tag um and then of course you know when's his spending going to stop as well it's obviously amazing the, the amount of money they are going spend they are spending and you know whether eventually down the line it does kind of catch them up. But yeah, I think it's a big gamble spending that sort of money on him. As I said, I do think it is kind of uh, he's a good player and I think he's a guy that they do need, but uh, considerably overpaying in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, trying to do the maths behind all this business is mind blowing. This is before Romeo Lavia, Michael Elise set to join this week as well. I think we're getting close to or going over a billion pounds that Todd has spent since taking over Chelsea. Well, I don't know, is this three transfer windows now? Absolutely insane, and part of me thinks. They're never going to beat FFP, so why bother? Why try? Let's just go largesse and spend what we can because, really, the punishment never fits the crime. So Chelsea kind of spending while they can. If they do get hit with a transfer ban, it might just work out fine in the, in the end. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But Sam West Ham have bought their own central midfielder, albeit James Ward-Prowse is cheaper by comparison, probably the right kind of price. Do you reckon he's a smart signing for the Hammers?
1: Definitely a smart signing. Obviously, not just a midfielder, but in terms of set pieces and stuff as well. He'll add a lot to the team there. I think if they can actually build something around that, maybe get some, you know, just getting players in the box, getting some, maybe another science to come in there. I'd have to think about it and think, right, do you know what? We've got a player here that can really put in a delivery. We need a striker to really uh, take advantage of this. I still think there's room for a striker in the mar- uh, in the market there for um, West Ham. I think Antonio, I think he's good on his day. But I think, you know, I think they can still improve in that area. So I think if they can get a striker to support someone like James Ward-Prowse, I think, yeah, very shrewd bit of business.
0: Let's flip it back to the game itself, Jamie. At present, both over and under 2.5 goals are priced at 10 to 11. So it's a flip of the coin at the London Stadium. But which way is it going to land for you?
2: Yeah, look, I, I'm going to go for over 2.5 goals here. I think it's a really tough one to call, as you say, I think Chelsea defensively, I think they're going to be really strong this season. And uh, I think they did impress me uh, against Liverpool, their defence. Um, uh, also, last season, I think they were very good in defence as well. And uh, look, I think I said, as much as I, as I said, I do think they're overpaying. I think it is going to shore up their midfield and uh, going to make them better defensively. Um, but look, I think at the London Stadium, I think that West Ham are going to find a way to score here. Um, I think they're a team that, you know, do have some sort of threats, threats and attack. Obviously, Jared Bowen kind of being the main guy. Um, They're also a team who's scored eight times in the last 10 Premier League matches, Um, of course, going into last season as well. So, uh, yeah, I think West Ham can get on the score sheet here and they can breach Chelsea's defence. But uh, for me, it'll be a case where Chelsea do come out on top. So, uh, I'm going to go for over 2.5 goals for this game.
0: Yeah, I think... A Chelsea two one win seems about right. Maybe Jared Bowen gets on the score sheet. He's probably West Ham's major threat at the moment. But I think Chelsea are going to edge this, especially with all this new personnel which keeps tripping into the team. But Monday sees us go to South London as Crystal Palace be host at Arsenal. Now, Sam, the Eagles have not lost any of their last five at home. So, would you back them in the double chance at eleven to eight? Do you know what? I
1: can't see it this time round. I think Arsenal will start the season confidently, and I think two wins from two is on the cards. I think Arteta wants to start the season. Obviously, as strong as he can, but after the way that the things I did last season, I think Arsenal will be well drilled here. I think it's basically all guns blazing, and I think Arsenal just have too much for them. I think it, there was a bit of a well, he tried something completely different than he obviously against um, Forest last weekend. Partey playing as a fullback, but we saw uh, which I don't think really works, if we're honest with you. But Arsenal have so much of the ball there. I think I don't think it would resort to them sort of tactics last time out. But he, he tried it. Um, I think he'll mix it up again this week. Uh, I think Arsenal, again, will see, will have the ball for large periods of the game. And I think that the changes he's going to make this week will probably give him a little bit more, I don't know, a of a clinical edge, so to speak, when it comes to actually taking advantage of all the possessions that have So I think Arsenal will get the win. Uh, and 11-20, to 20, I think, is about right on the price.
0: Yeah, of course, Arsenal could benefit by playing on Monday, knowing what happens... In the day or days before, because let's say Newcastle do take points off Man City, that's going to give Arsenal an even bigger edge to go and get the job done in Selhurst Park. So Jamie, with that in mind, a few bookmakers are now offering half-time markets in the same vein as what you see across 90 minutes. So all your usual markets, but only for the first half. So with that in mind, will you take an Arsenal win at 45 minutes, odds of 11-10, to 10, considering they were rather quick out the blocks last Saturday?
2: Yeah, I think I would. Uh, I think Arsenal are going to have too much quality here for Palace. I think last season it was the opening opening game and obviously one where they managed to win. And they came out on top and I think it'll be the same case here. So, um, yeah, uh, again, last season, 11 of their 19 away matches, they were leading at half time. So that's another good sign. As you said, they were quick out of the blocks against Forest. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a team that's, that's going to only got better from last season as well. So, uh, yeah, I think there'll be a team that, as I said, too much for Palace here. And I uh, can see them leading at the break for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree there. But before we move on, I want a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So, Sam, you're up first. What have you got for me?
1: So, it's a London derby. It's the Fulham versus Brentford game. I think there can be a few goals there as well. So, I'm going to be going for
0: Fulham two, Brentford two. And it's paying 14 to one. It's a big shout. I like it, Jamie. What correct score are you hoping for this weekend?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go for the Liverpool Bournemouth game and I think it's going to be another emphatic win for Liverpool of course ended 9-0 last season uh, I'm only going to go for a 5-0 win this, this time I say only um, but I think it's going to be another big win for Liverpool and you can get that at 12-1 to
0: And of course check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend Right let's pop up some more Premier League headlines and next up we're off to Merseyside as Liverpool play host to Bournemouth we've just chatted about it there so Sam the home win to nil is at odds of 6-5 to is that a good starting point for you? Do you know what? I've got a feeling that Bournemouth
1: might catch Liverpool off-guard at some point during the game and nick a goal. Um, so, I'll be going for Liverpool to win both teams and score six to score 6-4. to There's something about Liverpool last weekend. I, they, they weren't quite clicking on all cylinders in certain areas. Uh, I think there's still a little bit of vulnerability there. And obviously, we saw the Bournemouth 9-0 result last season. But they also saw Bournemouth beat Liverpool as well. So, I think there's a fit. I've got a feeling that... There's something not quite happening at Liverpool at the moment. I think the transfer window, you know, everything around the club at the moment, there's a lot of pressure. I think Klopp's actually starting to feel a bit of pressure. And you watch his interviews at the moment. There's, there's something not quite right for me in that Liverpool team at the moment. And I've got a feeling Bournemouth might nick a goal there. I do fancy the Liverpool though still. But, yeah, I can see Bournemouth getting something out of it a goal, goal-wise.
0: Yeah, it's a very good point you make, actually, because for all the talk of Chelsea solving their midfield issues straight away, Liverpool still have those same issues on Sunday. It's it's almost as if either team or both teams played with no real presence in centre midfield. Chelsea have gone out, bought two. Liverpool had their eyes on both, got none. So you wonder, how's it going to solve for the weekend? And if it's not properly solved, Bournemouth might just get a little chink of armour there. So with that being said, Jamie, we all know that Bournemouth lost 9-0 to Liverpool at Anfield last season. It may not be that many goals this time around, but if we're expecting plenty, who do you envisage getting the opener?
2: Yeah, look, I'm going to go for the, the same guy who scored the opening goal in that 9-0 win. Also the man who scored the opening goal on the weekend, and that's Luis Diaz. Uh, you can get him at 5-1. to one. Um, The Colombian, he was also the last of the attackers uh, for Liverpool to be withdrawn against Chelsea. Um, I think he really impressed in that game. So I think he's a guy who certainly merited another start here. And uh, I think he's going to be the guy to get the, uh, his name on the score, score sheet first.
0: OK, let's move on to Aston Villa and their clash with Everton. The Villa Park outfit were tormented by Newcastle last Saturday. But Sam, do you reckon a home win at 8-13 to would look good on any weekend accumulator? Do you know what? I've got a slight inkling that
1: Everton might nick a draw here in this game. What I saw at Goodison Park on Saturday was Everton creating a lot of chances against Fulham. They just couldn't convert them. As for Aston Villa, obviously, they had a good half-an-hour spell against Newcastle in the open half-an-hour, but they just fell apart. I think obviously both teams are going to be fired up coming into this game coming off losses. I think there's more value potentially in the draw at 29 to 10 uh, than Aston Villa at 8 to 13 to win. I certainly get why Aston Villa are 8 to 13 to win, but for me, I just think Everton might be a bit buoyed up for this game after the
0: way that things went last weekend and I've got a feeling that 29 to 10 is not bad value for the draw. Okay, Jamie. Everton, as Sam rightly says, had loads of chances last Saturday. I think it was the most XG ever without scoring a goal if you're into your XG. So that's quite a damning no. indictment of how bad they were in front of goal. So when you take that into account, would you be backing both teams not scoring odds of 4-5? to five?
2: Yeah, well, look, that's quite an interesting stat because I think against Villa, they're going to have a, a lot less chances. So they're going to be a need, a need to be a lot more clinical. So um, I'm going to go for no. I think that Villa will win this one to nil. Um, you get that at 13-8. to eight. I think Villa, they're going to be really strong defensively under Emery this season. Um, of course, they'd lose um, Tyrone Mings to a long-term injury um, and obviously did concede a, a number of goals against Newcastle on the weekend. But uh, I think overall, they're going to be strong. Um, and of course, they face an Everton side who I think are going to struggle for goals this season. As, as you said, you know, to create that many chances, you know, I, th- I think it's a worry that they've not converted any of them. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a case of where they're not going to create enough chances and and to kind of really be clinical as well. So uh, I, I like the look of a Villa win to Neil here. Um, obviously, slightly different from Sam. And uh, yeah, I just think this is going to be a Villa win here.
0: OK, then, our final Premier League clash takes us to Molyneux as Wolves play host to Brighton. Now, Sam, I know you offered me a draw earlier on. I'm going to now flip that on its head. It was a 3-2 away win for Brighton last season. The same is 25-1. Can I tempt you at all? So, I have a problem with Wolves here, and it's their ability to not be able to put the
1: bloody ball in the back of the net. Uh, we all saw it on Monday night. Great football, but really good team to watch when they get going. Um, but, yeah, but just a couple of finishes away from having that you know, really good team where it's it's a complete job. So unfortunately I can't bat them to score two goals in this game. So yeah, unfortunately for me, it's pros yeah,
0: I can't I can't go with it, unfortunately, at twenty five. even though twenty five to is a good price, it's not for me. That's not a problem, Jamie. We spoke about Kaiseido earlier in the show. Brighton didn't miss him last week. Will they miss him when the away wins currently priced at odds of ten to eleven?
2: Do you know what? I really like Sam's pick in the long shot. I think a draw is, is probably the way to go here. I think um, you know Wolves are really impressive against Manchester United on, on Monday evening. And uh, I think they can get something here. I think this is going to be kind of a tough test for, for Brighton here. I think they're going to face the Gary O'Neill side. Obviously, a, a manager who did very well last season. Very unfortunate to have lost his job. And I think Wolves have done a good job to kind of come here and, and pick him up. And uh, a really impressive start to life at Wolves. Uh, So I think this is going to be a tough game for Brighton. And uh, I I, I do, again, I like the look of a draw as well at 11-4. So, uh, yeah, a draw between these two is, is my pick.
0: OK, then there's only nine Premier League matches this weekend because Luton-Burnley has been postponed because Luton's famous away end is not serviceable yet because they've got to do the TV gantry work and all that. So that's been pushed back to another date. But there's still time to talk about a certain player who's moved to Germany. Let's get the elephant out of the room rather quickly. Verder Bremen players to buy Munich on Friday. Sam, you can get 8-13 to on Harry Kane scoring any time. Do you reckon he gets off to a flyer?
1: Do you know what? I'm going to say no. No? Wow. I've got a feeling, got a feeling that he's going to have one of these... Obviously, we saw the memes um, where he obviously didn't pick up the cup in this first game. I've just got a feeling he's going to finish, have a tough couple of weeks, to be honest with you. If you ever, just, I don't know why, I've just got this inkling in my head that it's going to be a tough three or four weeks for him. But once he gets firing, he'll be firing. So, yeah, I'm just going to say no for this reason, just because it's a good feeling.
0: There's nothing wrong with that at all. So, Jamie, Bayern were obviously denied their first trophy of the season, albeit the curtain raiser of the German Super Cup. They lost to RB Leipzig, heavily, it must be said, but they are still just 2-7 to seven to win an 11th successive league title. Do you reckon Kane can finally get his hands on some silverware in May
2: 2024? Um, yes, I think, I think they will eventually come out on top, but I think it's going to be a tough season for them. I wasn't particularly impressed by them on the weekend. I think as well, there are some strong teams in that division. I know obviously Bayern should be the team that usually do run away with it, but look, Leipzig... They really impressed. Of course, Dortmund were a team that pushed them all the way last season. Incredibly unfortunate not to have picked up the league title last year as well, Borussia Dortmund. So, yeah, you've obviously got those two teams challenging them. Um, I think defence is going to be a bit of a concern for Bayern Munich. I think they're a team that are on the lookout for a a holding midfielder at the moment. They've not managed to get one in and uh, look like they really missed one on the weekend. Of course, you know, ripped apart by Dani on on several occasions throughout that game. Uh, I think defensively, you know, the, the defenders as well. I think Upa Meccano didn't have a great game. Um, but look, Kim Min-Jay obviously is a, is a new signing for them. He could come back into the team. That can improve them eventually. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough season for Bayern. But uh, look, a tough season can, can still result in a title for them and Kane. So uh, I think ultimately they'll have enough to, to do it. And uh, Kane will finally pick up his, his first major silverware.
0: And who knows, scoring in Germany might bode well for the European Championships the month afterwards. Football works in a very strange way, so it might just set him up and England up for international glory. But anyway, I digress, because it's time for our final bit of business. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each. We combine it into an knacker. We try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So, Sam, you're up first. What have you got for me? So, for me, I'm going to be looking at the Monday night fixture between Crystal Palace
1: and Arsenal. and I'm going to be siding with an Arsenal win. So, the two games that the team's played last season, Arsenal was sixth... One winners on aggregate. Uh, the game at Selhurst Park ended in a 2-0 win to Arsenal. Arsenal have made some very useful additions in the summer. Uh, Crystal Palace, I think, could be about to lose a key player in Elise. It looks like Chelsea are about to activate their uh, release clause there at 35 million, I believe it is. And I think that could be a huge blow to Crystal Palace. So, yeah, for me, I think Arsenal started the season with a win against um, Forest last week. Obviously, Palace start with
0: a win as well, but I think Arsenal are going to be too strong on the night. Yeah, I'd have to agree on that front. Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve?
2: Yeah, look, I know it's a game that you guys weren't particularly confident about, but for me, I, I do think it's one where Aston Villa will come out on top against Everton. So, I'm backing uh, Villa to get their first win of the season. I think it's going to be a pretty strong season from them again. Obviously, enjoyed a, a fantastic campaign last season. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to get the win here against Everton at four to six.
0: Okay, then, I'm going to drop down some levels. I'm off to League Two as Doncaster play host to Notts County on Saturday. The hosts have had a terrible start to the season. They've only picked up one point from the first nine on offer and are already in the bottom two. Admittedly, Notts County have found League Two life a little tough, but after an opening weekend defeat, they seem to be adjusting to their new surroundings with four points from the last six. County are a team which is in the groove as early as you can be after three weeks, and I reckon that momentum continues at the weekend as they pick up the away win odds of four to five. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the ad bin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets websites. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Sam, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Absolutely loved it, mate. Pleasure as always. Fantastic. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me.
2: Yeah, thanks, Dan. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to, to the weekend, especially that Saturday evening. As I said, Tottenham, Manchester United, and then, of course, Newcastle, Man City. So uh, yeah, lots of exciting football to look forward to.
0: Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On podcast. And until next time, goodbye.